Good morning. This is your wake up call. Wake up call. Wake up call. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This episode is sponsored by Matusalem Rum. Matusalem Rum, a pioneer that is dynamic and unique. The music of rum. A 150-year-old tale that holds true representation for the free spirits. Inspired to be a beverage that was the taste of Latin America and the spirits of the islands. This elixir will tune your palate and transport your soul for an unforgettable memory, leaving time standing still. Enjoy the nectar of the island gods with Matusalem Rum. Hello, podcast world and the tribe of Inspire the Collective. Welcome back as we jump into another episode of What's in Your Backpack, a season full of travel topics, chatting with international travelers from all over the world, sharing their insider travel tips and tricks, entertaining personal stories for the do's and don'ts, and guided inspiration for the where to's and where not's to benefit your travel addictions. Shout out and admiration to the weavers out there, the ones that are living their dream life and also to the dreamers, the ones looking to develop their own passions and chasing the life they have always wanted to live. I'm Michael O'Shea, aka your neighborhood travel guide, aka king of the two-day holiday, aka the passport filler, aka catch me if you can. And my next guest hails from the small Caribbean country of Haiti, but currently has taken up some living arrangements in Medellin, Colombia, bouncing between Miami and Colombia. He has been traveling all over the world for years now for work and personal leisure. We first crossed paths seven years ago when I was living in Bali, and then again just a few months back when I was backpacking in Colombia. I found it only right to have his journey and life's tales of how he continuously stays on the move and experiencing the world to be shared on this podcast. So to introduce Mr. Rob Rao, sir, how are you doing today? And thank you so much for joining me on another episode of What's in Your Backpack. Hey, what's up? What's up, Michael? Uh, appreciate you having me on here and, you know, looking forward to, you know, uh, going back and forth with you and chatting with you and, you know, answering a few questions that you guys got. Uh, yeah, looking man. Forward to- me too. I know you're super, super busy with work and um, I know you're always on the move. So I definitely want to make sure we spend the time appropriately and productively. So, man, I just want to share real quick just how, from my side, before you share, how we met. And, you know, I was living in Bali uh, about seven years ago and I became really close with your sisters, like super close with your sisters. Mm-hmm. And then you came to visit near the end of 2013, I believe. And that's when we first crossed paths and met and we had really only hung out. I think maybe you were only there for like a week. So we really only got to know each yeah. other. Very rarely. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was like a week. And I remember, and, you, and I, I think there was a gig, the a gig you were DJing at, <laughs> at that time too. Yeah. And that time, and, uh, and, and, yeah, and, and I, since then, we only like remained social media friends. And even on social media, we weren't too like very active on like staying, staying in touch with each other even up until now, like we're very much more, way more connected now. And so then when I was traveling in Colombia in um, October, I was staying at this hostel in Medellin and I literally just checked in. I went and put my stuff in my room. I came back down. I was starving from traveling and I had taken a, a seven hour bus ride to Medellin. And so... I come downstairs and I'm on my phone trying to like find places to go. And I look up and out of like the co-working spaces, hostel has Rob is walking out towards me and I'm looking up thinking to myself, there's no fucking way like this, this can't be real. And so I was like, Rob, (laughs) and you looked at me kind of still like, 
dude, I don't know you, you know, like totally dumbfounded that someone even know you there. And I was like, Rob, and you were like, what the fuck are you doing here? I was like, what are you doing here? It was so awesome. <laughs> Random that we ran into each other. You know, you know, yeah, you know what it was though? It was the hair. Cause <laughs> you know, I didn't recognize you with the hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was, that, it, you, look, you look so different with the hair. <laughs> That's what got me. I was like, I was like, oh snap. Mike, what's up, man? <laughs> so random. And, and that's just one thing that I really, once people start understanding, they really get out. People that really do it already, but people, once they start getting out and traveling more, when you start running into people on the other side of the world that you would have had no idea you'd run into these people. And that was just, man, that set my whole rest of my trip in Columbia up. I was so excited. I've shared that story with so many people that we ran into each other. And that was so freaking awesome. And we really stayed close since then, like way closer than we did in those first seven years. And I'm really appreciative. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been really, yeah, really, really great. Uh, so yeah, that's why I want to have you on the podcast because I know you know, from what you shared with me in Colombia and where you're going with what you're doing in your life. And now that you just shared that you're, you're, you are permanently staying in, in Colombia now, right? You've left Miami. You, you just have your businesses there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my businesses are still, are still based in, in Miami, but I'm here, I'm here for the long haul, man. Wow. Man. And Medellin is so amazing. I'm so jealous. That's such an awesome, awesome change of pace for you. Yeah. And I, and I do want to get yes. into your whole lifestyle right now, cause I'm sure it's quite hectic with what's going on. But first, man, I definitely want to just know like what drives your passions between travel, business, pleasure, like what keeps you really moving between all these cities and you know, what's, what's drawn you to Medellin? That's, that's how'd you set up shop there? Uh, well, well, predominantly for me when, when traveling, I, I think the core focus for my traveling has always been to visit these places, but to be in these places as if I was uh, somebody who, who's local. You know what I mean? Um, because I, I, feel, I feel like you get the full experience of being there, right? You get the type of experiences um, that people would usually have, you know, the types of foods that they'll eat, the type of uh, things that they do on the weekends. And for me, that, that's always been the driving factor, you know, wanting to kind of settle in into a place. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people love to visit the sites and, and different things like that. And I enjoy that part too. But for me, my main focus is just being in that city and being kind of fully immersed in that city, more like a local than as a, a, a tourist, uh, I should say. And, and I've always been, you know, into traveling to like different places, but more so places where the lifestyle is more humble than places where, you know, like ex expensive cities, you know, like London and, and, and thing where it's more of a luxurious lifestyle, you know, cause I've, I've, I've kind of shifted my life from being, you know, focused on, you know, like luxuries and like the fancy things in life to kind of the simple life because, yeah. you know, I'm very happy. I'm very happy with very little. So it makes me feel more alive being in these places where I can live a simpler lifestyle where, you know, I don't have to pay an arm and a leg just to, just to be, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and I think too, I, I appreciate, you know, it, it's great that in, in our life that we have all the opportunity to grow and be as rich as we want. But again, is, is rich everything that's going to make us happy when it comes to money wise. And like you said, you're switching your whole entire life 
to be around the fact that where you can live somewhere that's simple, that's not based around all these extravagant things and, and money's, money's purchases. And it's more about simple life and where you can be happy. And I think that's really awesome that I think that tra travel really does change that perspective of what's important to you. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and you know what, I, I don't get me wrong. I love money. I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't <laughs> love money. Let's not confuse that here. I, I love money and I love making money. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to know a lot of marketing and know how to build really successful businesses. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's not the fact that I don't love money. It's just <laughs> the fact that I don't, I don't feel a need to show off or yeah. need extravagance, you know, to kind of, I guess you should say to value myself in a yeah. sense or, or to appease, you know, some sort of false sense of worth. Yeah. You know I what I mean? My, my value, my value isn't in that. Yeah. And I, you know what, I think that's so amazing that you have come to that state of being, especially being from somewhere, being born and raised in a place like Haiti, that isn't this big extravagant place. You know, you've actually, you've went and traveled the world, you left Haiti, you went and done all these amazing things, started your own business. You've got all these things that could give you that life if you really wanted this extravagant life, but you've really brought it back to that culture of what you were raised with, you know, that humbleness and the things that are just simple that may bring you happy and joy uh, um, within each daily's, daily's life, you know, enrichments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's, that's all, that's been, um, you know, the past few years of my life, I've been, you know, the core focus, you know, humble, simple, simple living, because I find that's where you really find that deep sense of, you know, happiness, peace, and, and, and things like that. And I, I value that, you know, more than I, I, as much as I love money, I value that more than I value money. Mm. Now, you've moved to Medellin just recently in the last few months permanently. What is it about Medellin that you really clearly enjoy because I love that city, but you're, you're deeper in there than I ever got to. So like, what is it about that city that really drives you to want it that had moved you there? Oh man. It's, I, I think it's, a, I think it's a, the perfect storm <laughs> because <laughs> I think it's the perfect storm because one, I've, I've always loved, I've always loved dancing, right? I've, I've always, I've always been, you know, luckily growing up with sisters, you know, who taught me, you know, how to really <laughs> dance and things like that. Yeah. So I've always loved dancing. So that's been a big, big thing for me. And, and there are specific types of rhythms when dancing that I like the most. For example, music like reggaeton and Afro beats and things like that, that kind of have that like rhythmic uh, beat where it's like, you're kind of like, you know, slow grinding with the other person. Yeah, yeah. Grinding, grinding makes it feel like, you know, more dirty, but it's, it's, it's more of a sensual, yeah, sensual dancing that I enjoy where you're kind of like connecting with that other person through movements of the body. I've always been kind of fascinated by that and I've always loved that the most. So that's one thing, you know, they play a lot of reggaeton here. So that was one thing. Second is the people, you know, the people are very humble. The people are kind. You know what I mean? You can yeah. um, just go out in the street and, and talk to people and, and they don't have that kind of like snobbish vibe, like, you know, feeling that they're better than you or things like that. So that, that was a big one too. The third would be uh, nature, right? I, I enjoy, I enjoy greenery. I actually enjoy greenery more, a little more than I enjoy beaches. And oh, that's cool. When I, yeah, and I, when I got here to Medellin, I saw like, you know, it was like green oh, everywhere. Oh, so green. 
It was like everywhere I went, it was like oh, green, 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 green. I was like, man, I was like, I love this place. And then lastly, lastly, you know, you have, you know, in combination with people being very kind and things like that, you have beautiful women, you know, that's, that's a plus. Yeah, yeah, very true. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't deny that. That's a big plus. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So, I, Colombian women are, yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And, and also I've always wanted to learn Spanish. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, so it's like the whole combination was just like such a perfect storm. <laughs> yeah. It was like, and, and also the lifestyle here, what you get for the money is far more, in my opinion, than any other city in the world. Wow. That's a, that's a big one. That is, to make that statement, that's a big statement. I agree. Yeah. It, was, it was really nice being there for everything that you get, transport, people, all of it. Yeah. Like you said, it just, it is the perfect storm. Now, when did you first leave Haiti? Because I knew you were raised there with your family and you guys had a pretty permanent uh, setup there. So how, how come you ever left and how old were you? Um, I, left, I left Haiti when I was, when I was uh, 14, mm-hmm. about 14 years old. And, and I think I, I left at like the perfect time. You know, I, I left at a time when it was like, you know, when you're transitioning from like that kind of junior high to like high school. Yeah. So, so, it, so moving to like the States at that time allowed me to kind of get more acclimated to the culture in the States. So I'm, I'm kind of, um, I guess, in a weird way to say, I don't want to say born of two worlds, but in assimilation of two worlds, you know, where I have like the, the manners of like uh, being raised in Haiti and things and being proper and, and not being proper, but in, in a way of like how, do, how you treat people and different things like that. But I've, I've also been exposed to kind of, the United States where it's like very forward thinking versus yeah. Haiti, which is very like kind of stuck in, um, you know, they're like 10 years back as far as like, you know, culturally and things that they'll accept and things like that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so it kind of gave me that, that perfect mix of like, you know, forward thinking from being, you know, going to high school in the States and in the latter parts of my life in the States and also having, you know, the kind of humbleness, uh, from being, you know, born, well, not born, but raised, raised in Haiti for 14 years of my life. Absolutely. And do you get to go back often to, to the country? To Haiti? Yeah. Um, I, I actually lived there for a period of time last year. I was there for, I was there for about a year, a year and a half yeah, well, or so. How's that in the vast difference between Miami, Colombia, and Haiti? Like, what is the, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to get started on this one. Okay. The the differences are Haiti, as far as society is concerned, Haiti is very cliquish. You know. You know what I mean? It's it's very like it's very much about who you know, who your family is, different things like that, and people draw kind of like their value from that. Um, people are very closed off. Very reserved, non-accepting of kind of forward thinking, mm-hmm. and so forth. So that's that's Haiti. Um, Miami, we, we all know Miami. <laughs> Miami, Miami is as as like forward as you can get as far as like you know the different you know whatever type of lifestyle uh, that you choose to live. Uh, but Miami is very um, luxury focused and is very focused on. Me, 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 what I can get, look at what I have, right. look at who I am mm-hmm. with very little compassion towards other people. 
gotcha. and very little consideration of other people. Now it's not to say everybody's like that, but generally, that's 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 what life is in Miami, and Colombia. I would say Colombia for me is like the perfect blend between those two places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's forward in some respects. You know, they still have kind of like that that Haiti mentality, but um, there's that humbleness. It's not really, in my experience so far, about you know who you are or who your family is or things like that. Um, people are very kind and accepting, you know, even going into, you know, new groups of people and, and things like that. So that's, that's kind of like the differences between um, those two places or those three places that I found, you know, and, and, and of course that's from my perspective, you know, other people can have uh, different perspectives about it because of having different experiences there. But mm-hmm. that's, that's as far as I'm aware, that's, or as, as far as I know from my per- perspective, that's that's what I've experienced. Yeah, well, I can see why that perfect storm has weathered itself for you right in the middle of Colombia. Then <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> now, with the with the virus going on, and uh, I know that Colombia has really had had some real strict lockdown, like military in the streets, real strict on going out. Now, how has this impacted you, and what has your life been like since being there during the virus? Oh. To be honest with you, I, I've done a lot of work spiritually on myself, um, uh, spiritually, mentally, um, you know, in whatever respect that you want to define define it as. But I, I've always been someone who's wanted to face um, challenges or face emotional turmoil head on. You know, right. unlike unlike a lot of people and their experiences, and 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 it's it's not a lot of people's fault. It's just they don't realize it is. What they try to do when they experience, you know, difficult emotions or difficult situations is they try to distract themselves sure. from those emotions, you know, with TV, with like anything that's going to uh, kind of take, help them forget the thoughts or forget the situations that they're going through. And, and what ends up happening is they end up storing a lot of these, you know, difficult emotions and turmoil and they're not really resolving a lot of things deep inside. So for me, it's always been a practice when I'm going through something very difficult emotionally to just sit there with that emotion. Like if I experience difficult emotions coming through, I do my best to sit there with the emotion as much as I possible until I'm very comfortable with that emotion. Love that. And, and allow that to dissipate. So for me, um, in the beginning, even with all that work I've done on myself, yeah. even with all, all that uh, meditating, you know, all that mindfulness, all that work I've done on myself. In the beginning, I found myself falling into old traps. Oh, for sure. Me too. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it was like, you know, I would have a drink, you know, every two or three nights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be binging on Netflix or whatever it may be. I, I would spend the day in bed uh, sometimes. You know, I'd, I would work in between that, but I'd spend the day in bed you know, with the difficult emotions and things like that. But eventually, as I started kind of getting used to like the lockdown, I've, it was, it's been one of the best experiences of my life. Wow. Because it's taken me to a place where it's like, after going through that, after seeing that, after experiencing that, it's like more and more I started coming back to kind of the truth and realizing that none of these emotions, none of these perspectives that I'm taking as truth whether it's like, oh man, you know, 
I haven't been able to see other people or hang out with other people, or I need to be going out dancing, or I need to do this, or I need to do that. It's like none of that is real. It's just something that I've chosen to believe, whether consciously or unconsciously. And throughout this process, I've been able to kind of let go of a lot of these different things. And more and more, I've been feeling peace at peace, you know, with the situation. Even though the lockdown here is really, really serious. It's like, yeah. um, based on the number that your ID ends, they give you two days per week that you can go out to get groceries with. Wow. Or supplies with. And you can't really do anything else. Oh, my gosh. So, so it's like you're, you're pretty much living at home. The only thing you really see is home besides the grocery store. Yeah, it's funny. It's like so many people that I know in the States and you hear about it. So much. It's like people complaining. It's, nothing really went into lockdown here. If you really think about lockdown where places like that went into lockdown, places like friends that I know in the Philippines or Indonesia, like that was in full lockdown. Or Italy, you know, for instance, we never went into full lockdown and yet people were still struggling. But again, I think you're, what you had mentioned was so, so impactful of the distractions. And that's been something, you know, I've been trying to help people with too. And is like understanding that the distractions is what people stirs people up sitting at home, sitting at home with their silence, not having anywhere to go is they're forced to sit and look at all those things that they haven't been able to distract from anymore, you know? So I love that yeah. you said that. And, and that's where that's where prison really is prison prison isn't whatever circumstances that you find yourself in prison is what your mind makes of mm, self-prison yeah and everybody and, and most people are in that prison but what, what ends up happening is when there's not lockdown they have a bunch of other things they can distract themselves with so that they can avoid facing those things but when you're in lockdown you have to face all that stuff that you, you've been avoiding. 100%. And it's, like, and it's like, that's why that's why it's leading to significant turmoil for a lot of people with these lockdowns. Yeah. You know, one thing I've, I've really been trying to, people that have come to me for asking for, you know, just any type of inspiration or guidance is, you know, some of the things that you've already heard he said, you know, I kind of feel that this was the perfect time. Like you said, this has been the most amazing time you know, for life realizations and, and progress forward of self. And I feel the same way. And like the things I've been trying to help people is, with is understanding like this is a great time to start developing the habits that you need for yourself to be happy. And, and when the world gets busy again, you know, it's such great time to stop and think about where you're at right now and where do you want to be? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I love most, most, yeah, most definitely. And, and, and for me as it's allowed me to meditate more. It's allowed me to work on all these um, different things. Um, I'm I'm actually up. I'm actually meditating like three hours a day, and this is this isn't even Dude, to say like that's epic. Yeah, and it's not even to say like, oh, look at me, I'm meditating yeah, that much. Yeah, no. I'm me- I'm meditating that much because it's what I need. This is it's, it's my it's my medicine. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like I meditate for an hour and a half in the morning, and any time I'm going through the day and turmoil comes up what i do is i stop everything i'm doing and i tend to that feeling of whatever's coming up whether it's anxiety stress worry and i just sit there with that emotion for as long as i have to sit there sometimes it takes 30 minutes sometimes 20 sometimes 45 sometimes an hour it doesn't matter how long it is i want to sit there and get comfortable with every single emotion that comes up 
Dude, that is so, so powerful because that's one thing that meditation is, is the power in the silence. And in silence, there is so much wisdom to be had and understanding and learning to be sitting there in your silence and learn from that. And the distractions are what keep us from that. And, uh, oh man, that's, that is so epic that you're, you've, you've reached that stage. And I know when we met last year, you, you told me you were on a really big kick to get that, to yeah. go there. And we shared a lot about that in my journey as well, in my journey in the same direction. And man, hearing that now is so awesome to hear for you and to know where you're at now from even just, you know, six months ago when I saw you, such a huge change and shift for you. That's awesome, brother. So thanks. Yeah, so thank yeah man. And it, and it, yeah. And, and it's like, I, I, I also want to make sure that when I share things, I want to be very truthful because a lot, of, a lot of people that are in that spiritual space or, well, there's nobody that's not ever in a spiritual space because that's, that's all we are. But a lot of people that teach this stuff, they paint a picture that has just like pure rosy where it's like, you're never going to go through anything, right? When, when you're in this mindset, you're never going to go through anything. That's simply unrealistic. Yeah, it's not realistic. Because even even people even people who don't even identify with their identity, because I don't I don't identify as like being Robert Rowe, you know, this business owner, this marketer, and these things like that. That's just a role that I'm playing in the world, right? right? Because it's necessary. You need a role that you're gonna play in the world. Because if if I if I go around walking around. That in saying I I'm I'm pure silence and I'm I'm and I'm I'm I am everything and I'm nothing and, and <laughs> yeah. it's like you're just you're just gonna confuse a lot of people right and and you have to understand where is that gonna be coming from it's gonna be coming from a place when I say those things to people who aren't gonna understand or who aren't ready for that message it's coming from a place where I want to give myself some sense of importance. And say, look at where I've gotten to. Yeah, yeah, it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's not about that. So even in these in this place where I'm the happiest and the most peaceful I've been in my life, I've also experienced periods of significant, significant turmoil, where it's like, okay, I had to take probably half a day to sit with that emotion to get comfortable with it to allow it to pass powerful space that you're in man super super powerful space that you're in now no reason you know i'm glad that you shared how you go through both the positive and the negative because one reason i've I've really wanted to bring this podcast out was for the people that are going through the negative and this podcast was to bring the ideas of travel into people that can't travel and that you know you can sit we can sit in our and this has great introspection into what you're saying is that we can sit in our silence and close our eyes and think of a time during our life where we've traveled or we've met someone or an experience that we've had just by closing our eyes and feel complete bliss and happiness and that was like a real big impact of why i wanted to start this podcast during this time was to bring people back into a place within themselves that they can travel and feel great even during this time of a bit of darkness and uncertainty. So really cool you yeah. said that. Yeah, and, and you know what's, what's, what's interesting about travel is there's a, the reason why we love traveling so much, you know, the people that love traveling so much is because traveling takes us outside of ourselves in a sense. Mm. Traveling takes us from the norm, from this idea of I am this, 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 and this, to a place where you're experiencing something new, where you have no idea 
uh, how to think, feel, or things, or whatever may be about it. It's just a completely new experience that takes you outside of your typical paradigm of this is life. And as you do that more and more, it takes you closer to truth. Because as you gain more of that perspective and seeing different places, seeing how different people are, it takes you out of the frame of this is how the world should be to a place where you're like, this is how the world is. And the closer that you get to this is how the world is and you can accept that, the happier and more at peace you're going to feel. Mm. Man, hitting them deep levels today. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. It's just another level of self that you can't achieve by sitting in your own hometown. And not to say you can't do a lot of your own work, on yourself mm. doing that and, and appreciating people and life and culture and the world and this and your presence here. But man, travel just really takes you to a space so deep that you just can't reach. And it becomes like an addiction, man. It really, you keep wanting to unlock those doors. You keep wanting, wanting to find those keys to get inside and find that new self because you, you're constantly evolving. You're constantly shedding skin. You're constantly walking into a new you, which is such a beautiful thing in life. I felt that. And I share that, if you if you're if we're if we stop evolving if we get to a place where we think we figured it out and we're done, like no nah, i'm good I, I don't need to do anymore like well you're pretty much then you should just die not to be morbid but like if you don't mm-hmm. feel that you don't need to evolve anymore well there's no place there's no space for you here really like we all need to be keep evolving because we're all helping each other push forward to the next phases of life and so man that's just some some deep notes today i love that rob thank you <laughs> yeah no anytime man i'm glad to be here yeah. So, so on the travel topic, do you have in all the places you've been, you know, I like to always ask people's bucket list. Do you have any places that has been on your bucket list or have you already been to your top, top bucket list in your travel journeys? Yeah, I, I've, I've been, I've been to like most of my top bucket list uh, places, but there, there are places in like uh, Greenland and, and things like that. Um, where I've, I've wanted to like just go visit and things like that because, yeah. um, and, and, it, and it's specifically because, you know, during those times where I was binging on shows and <laughs> during the lockdown, um, like, uh, you know, The Last Kingdom, you know, other shows like that that are, you know, talk about, you know, the struggle, like the Saxons versus like the, the Vikings and things like that. <laughs> and I see like the, the nature like up there like the environment like up there and I, I, I want to see that. That's definitely something on my bucket list. But besides that, I, I, I think I've done most. What was of, your top one that you achieved? What was like the top one that you first went out and got? Well, Thailand was definitely one of those top ones. Thailand, Visiting, being, being in Thailand. Yeah. Being in Thailand was one. Bali was one. Colombia was one. <laughs> what else? Yeah, and that's that's those were pretty much my like my bucket, my bucket list things. Uh, Greece, Greece was definitely one. Yeah, oh, can't forget Greece. Still that's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite places <laughs> in the world. Has there been any place that that you've traveled to that was like really completely random, not the normal place that people where most people would go? Where you know, if you've told your friends, they'd be like, "Where is that?" or "Why did you go there?" <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. Thailand, Thailand actually was a top bucket list thing, but it was very a last minute kind of bucket list thing. Mm-hmm. Meaning it was like, it was from one day to the next where I was in Miami 
it was the 27th of December. And everywhere I was looking, I kept seeing like, I kept, like for that month, I kept seeing like Thailand. I kept seeing Chiang Mai, Thailand, Chiang Mai, Thailand. Like everywhere I was like looking, I wasn't even actively like searching for it. <laughs> you right? were saying and, and finally, Yeah, and then finally I was just like, on the 27th, I was like, you know what? I'm leaving to Thailand in two days. And I, I, was, I wasn't like leaving to, to visit. I was like, you know, I'm going to go live in Thailand. So I packed really? my bags. That, yeah, I packed my bags that day. And like two days later, I was gone. And I left to go live in Thailand for like a year. <laughs> wow. And people, and people were like, what the hell? Like, why? Like, why did you go and like, live there? And again, that was kind of like the beginning of the search for me for yeah. that, that kind of simple life. Whereas like that, a life not driven by materialism. Yeah. And taking risks, big risks. Yeah. Taking big risks. And I, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know a single person in Thailand. I was just like, all right, I'm going to go there. I'm, I'm sure I'll meet people, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Now, with all this travel, a lot of people fear, like, tr- flying, and they fear, like, they, or not fear, but they just don't like it. And I think a lot of it is because of the travel time. You know, so many people, when I lived in Bali, when I lived in Asia, like, oh, oh, it's too far. You know, so what is the longest time you've been in transit from, like, a point A to a point B? Um, 36 hours. Oh man, that's up there. Uh, yeah. Where was your layovers at that made you sit? It was from Bali. It was from Bali to Doha and there was a wait in Doha. Like, I think it was like 12 hours or oh like something God. like that. And then from there, you got into another plane for like 15 hours to go to, <laughs> <laughs> to go to Miami. Oh, that was, man. that was the longest for sure. That is pretty long. I mean, that's, I mean, it, once you get over 25 hours, it's like, dude, it's, it's enough already. <laughs> but it's like, to be honest with you, for me, like traveling is not, it, it, even those long flights, I'm not like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, I'm, dis- I'm destroyed. It's like, it's, for me, it's just like another. It's invigorating for me. Yeah. For me, it's just like, okay, I'm in another place. Like I'm on yeah. an airplane. Cool. I, I feel, like, what I've always tried to share with people, how I feel is like, I'm excited. I'm going to a new place. Like I'm pumped. I, I mean, I don't care how long the flight is. I know I'm going somewhere brand new and I can't wait to get there. Yeah, definitely. When you're getting to these new places, a lot of people have different goals and um, objectives when they're going places. And I know you really, like you said at the beginning, you really like to get into the culture, think like them, eat like them, speak like them. What are some of the things that really give you passion when you're traveling? You know, what brings you interest and curiosities into these new cultures? You know, stuff like, you know, museums or art or parks, buildings, food, people. What is it that really like keeps you going when you're in new places? Uh, food, food. I would say food is the number one because <laughs> I'm a fat ass. That's, that's <laughs> You're not. That's such a lie. No, no. But when I say fat ass, I'm saying I, I eat a lot more. Oh, yeah, than yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not big or anything like that. But um, yeah, I, I think food is, is like the first one. And it's like, it is, but it's not even like when I go to these places, it's not even like, okay, I want to just eat what the locals eat. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, how would I be eating here if I was living here? Mm. Like, it, it's, it's not in a sense where I'm like, I completely immerse myself in just that culture's food. I, I like to try all sorts of like different restaurants and things like that in the place that I'm in. 
you know it's it's like when i go to the place it's like i i'm there as if i would be living there like how would be act if i was living there you know and yeah. still going out and trying seeing different places and meeting new people and things like that but it's 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 just like my mindset like when i go to places yeah that's really i, I like that mindset because it's, you totally change your perspective on when you're going out to do things when you're walking around and i was i want to share that when i saw rob in columbia we had that was the first thing we went and did was like oh i got a good spot for us to go eat and i just switched to eating vegetarian for my trip <laughs> and Rob takes you to this like super meat house so fun <laughs> but it was fine we had I got fish and it was, it was totally fine but you know Robert talks Rob talks about being a badass because he loves to eat food but I you know I went up and visited with him in his room and he has this really awesome workout system that he uses Rob, Rob's like ripped and the system that you have it's like, what is the name because I think people could really benefit from traveling with this because you said you only work 15 minutes a day right yeah, fifteen minutes a day. That's crazy. Um, like on the on the weights thing itself, like with the program with it, is it, in ten minutes you're done. What? In in ten minutes you're done. But you know, since I wanted to add extra things, like I do jump rope and I do abs and things like that. Even though they tell you it's not necessary, I just I just enjoy adding, you know, those little things to my workout. But it's like ten minutes a day. It's called uh, x3bar.com, and it's it, it, yeah, and it sounds like BS and it sounds like nonsense, but it, it's it's very real in the sense that my my whole goal since I'm already I already have a lot of muscle has never been to get bigger. It's always been like now, like in the past like two years, it's only been to maintain, maintain. my size. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem I've had with that bar is even doing those workouts, when I do it six days a week. I gain muscle and I'm not trying to gain muscle. <laughs> so, so, so I've had to like, I've had days where I've had to not work out or choose not to work out because I didn't want to gain muscle. And I've, I've seen guys on this working out with this bar do like gain like 20, 25 pounds of muscle in a year. Yeah. That little system you have is pretty awesome and it's pretty heavy duty. Yeah, you yeah. can get some serious workouts and I was trying to, I tried a few things, but it's pretty real. Uh, so yeah. I and it's, and it, why. Yeah, and it's perfect because one of the one of the big biggest hindrances for me when I was traveling is I always needed to travel somewhere with a gym close by. Yeah. Or a gym gym in the hotel or somewhere close, whatever it may be. Now with this, it allows me to travel anywhere, just you know, with a big suitcase, whatever it may be. And I can work out, I can choose to stay wherever I want to stay. It doesn't matter whether there's a gym there or not. So yeah, it, it gives it gives me a lot of freedom. Yeah, that thing's really cool. Now I'm going to put that on online with so people can find it because it's a pretty cool little setup. Now with being in Colombia, actually I would like to know this for myself for Haiti, but could you give any really cool spots that people should should definitely be interested in hitting in in traveling to Colombia, you know, because since now that you're there and you've obviously been won over in your heart with this country, what what are some places that people really should check out? Okay, obviously we know Medellin. <laughs> Yeah. Or what are some um, other places that, you know, people should really check out either in Colombia or even just some local spots in Medellin that people can, you know, set their sights to go, to go see. Well, there, there's, there's, there's definitely one place, which is like, I, I know it's like the touristy thing where everybody's going to tell you to go there, but it is beautiful. Like the site there is just like, wow, is Guadalupe. Yes, so it is beautiful. That's definitely one thing to do. Another is, is also do, going to a finca meaning like 
they they have what these kind of they're kind of like their vacation homes like second kind of homes that are like farms whatever it may be mm-hmm. where it's like you go you go out it's like kind of far there's like santa Marta and like other places there and it's like and it's just a cool experience to being being like out there uh kind of in a re- remote areas or whatever maybe so that's something cool what's the um, name of that again to, uh santa Marta. there's there's another one santa Marta. i can't remember the name off the top of my head but yeah there's, there's like a lot of different like local kind of things um to do uh really because you know there's a lot of greenery and all mm-hmm. that stuff there there's there's hiking that you can do yeah, too beautiful. um definitely recommend that and yeah that's that's all i can think of off the top of my head but what about you know and i want to know this for myself what about haiti you know i i would really like to visit haiti would you recommend that for average travelers or even experienced travelers and where could we go because I really would like to see Haiti. I wouldn't recommend, uh, as of right now, I wouldn't recommend that at okay. all. Okay. <laughs> Let's take right now out of the picture. <laughs> okay. That's, well, I mean, there's, there's different, like, provinces um, to visit. Like, there's Jacques Mel. There's, there's also um, the north, uh, Cape Haitian, which is, like, a beautiful place to visit. There's, they, they also they even have, like, the cruise lines that go to, like, uh, this island uh, to the north. It's Labadie. Mm-hmm. or whatever maybe that a lot of like cruise lines go to but I, I wouldn't really recommend that as very touristy um but i definitely recommend cape haitian jacques mel and yeah the beach the beaches are beautiful in haiti so that's definitely another thing that i could recommend as well but as of right now i would not recommend going to Haiti. yeah i'll definitely keep away and, until you can take me over there laura i know i'll be all right <laughs> yeah because the, situ- the situation has gotten pretty ugly um, in the country. Yeah, and, I would imagine with all this and so much uncertainty, even more so, it's probably a bit scary. Yeah, because yeah, there were already significant problems before coronavirus, but now it's been uh, compounded, let's just say. And for people going to Medellin, there's, and, and Rob had mentioned this earlier, the greenery of this, this cities, there's like, make sure you have enough time to visit the parks there. The parks yeah. there are like parks. unbelievable. It's like the central. It's it's like the New York Central Park of all of Colombia. They have the best parks, so definitely mm-hmm. have time to visit the parks. Now, Rob, yeah, most definitely. When you're traveling and you're when you're outgoing, you know, do you do you like to bring? You know, this is the part I always like to ask people: What are your travel ninja essentials? And you know, because to be a good traveler, you got to have some ninja essentials to be making the best of all your experiences. So. When you're out, do you bring any special type of camera? Do you just take photos on your phone? You know, how do you make the best of your memories when you're out traveling? To to be honest with you, um, I'm I'm not I'm not a I'm not a picture guy. <laughs> I I just like to be purely like in the moment. Love that. Whatever it may be, like not constant. Like I'll I'll take I'll take a few pictures like here and there, but like I just like to be completely like in the moment, Present. like not in my phone taking pictures like you know i i think there, there's like everyone has like their own balance you know some people really enjoy the pictures so you know it's great that they take a lot of pictures and things like that but for me i enjoy like the experience of being there not really the experience of like being taking pictures like on my phone yeah now a lot of people so, use the photos or the videos as their as their type of journal now do you journal right. instead then do you write your 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 experiences and your days out so you have that as a as a memory bank 
No, none. I just, I just, I'm just there, man. I'm just there with no, no writing, nothing. I'm just all in it. <laughs> Fully uh, all immersed. Up, all up in it. Yeah, but, but I would say, but I would say when I'm traveling, the key thing, the key thing for me to always have is um, the language, the local language downloaded in, in Google Translate. Yeah. Because you can actually, you can actually download the language pack so that you can use in case you don't have service. So that's one, one big thing I use. And also another is, you know, my little workout system yeah. that helps me get a workout in anywhere. And, and yeah, and I have, I have a, I have a, how do you call that? A gimbal that I take with me, like, you know, very rarely, you know, in, you know, when I'm out sometimes and, you know, I'm rarely the one ever using it. I usually have someone with me who's like the person wants to take a bunch of pictures. Yeah. So, so, so I, I, I take advantage of that and I bring the gimbal and they're like, oh, let me use it. So they take advantage <laughs> of that. And, you know, I get the pictures from them while, while still being immersed in the experience myself. I like that you brought up the, the downloadable uh, languages for Google, for Google Translate. And see, I didn't even know this existed until actually when I got in Columbia and I was doing my research. So people always think that they're going to struggle when they get to new cl- cultures. But yeah, you can, for, down, for Google, you can get the maps of cities and of countries for Google Translate. You can download that so everything is offline. And you can use that without even in, needing any internet service which is such a beneficial use for, for being in new cultures. Yeah. And, and also one great thing that you can do is Google, the Google translate actually now has a feature where you don't even have to type it. It's, it's like real, like as if you're having a conversation. So you can very quickly say what you need to say and it'll translate it and say it out loud for the person in their language. Wow. So that's, that's a very, very helpful feature. I don't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Someone was saying, uh, Darcy from one of the episodes was saying, you know, <clears throat> when traveling in China is, you know, right. If you, if you have to write some of your major questions down on a piece of paper, so you can at least show someone and they can try and help you and direct you at least that you have it there, you know, God forbid something happens with your phone. At least it's written down. Man, how do you do that in China? That's, that was rough in China. How do you write hard. the, yeah. How do you write the, the, well, I guess you would use, you would use your, your phone to do that, but even identifying the characters, that oh, feels like man. a significant challenge. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Now with, with as much as you are always on the move and going, do you ever, or have you ever had a trip that's really made you overly nerd, nervous or excited, or even maybe even afraid before you were getting off to get going? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I it doesn't have to time. be in a negative way. It could be in a positive way. Like, I mean, I guess afraid. I would, I would, I would have to say it was a, the Thailand trip because even though, even though I, I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go over there, uh, you know, with two days notice without warning, and I don't know anybody there and things like that. Yeah, uh, it was, it was still pretty nerve wracking. I would imagine just it's deciding like, to change your life to go there. Yeah, deciding to change my life to go there, and only that, but the language is like completely, completely different. <laughs> yeah. In, in in Thailand, so it's kind of like oh snap, I really did this. <laughs> but you know, as time went on, and and after that experience, I I don't think I've ever been like nervous or like anything like that for to go anywhere. 
because it, it really taught me that it's 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 like no matter where you're gonna go, like you you'll you'll end up figuring things out. Agreed. You, I mean, as long as you're willing to put yourself into the culture and, and immerse yourself, as you said, always just put yourself really just getting in there. You will figure it out. It just it just seems to you will adapt and you become your most again you become your most resilient under the most stressful situations and your body just seems to know where and what it should be doing in certain situations and you just have to be willing to step out there and do it. Exactly. So with all the places that you've been, even like including Thailand where you just picked up and left, or even maybe even going back to Haiti, you know, are there any places that you've maybe heard other people or even maybe the news or media portraying talking badly about or poorly about places and then you get there and it's been totally totally false mm-hmm. well i think i think I, I don't i don't think i've ever really uh had had that experience um i i think the only the only time i've ever really had that experience is when um you know trump kind of ha- had that message you know call i, I, for, I forgot what he called haiti you know, I think it was like a piece of that piece of shit country, or wow. I, I don't remember, I don't remember exactly what he said ab- about the country, but um, there's there's a that's the one thing about Haiti that was like, you know what? There's 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 a lot of beauty uh, in Haiti. You know, there's a lot of natural beauty in Haiti that you can visit ab- about the country. So I, I I think it's unfair to ever really call a country a piece of shit country, you know, just because not, not even, not even, I'm not even talking about Haiti in this instance. I'm even talking about like other countries because it's like, you're viewing a country from your very own limited perspective, mm. right? Anytime you have like this, this idea about a place and say, Oh, this country is this without ever fully having lived in that country or experiencing that country fully, it's like you can't really talk. Totally agreed. So, so there's there's never been like a country that you know I've wanted to visit or heard things about that I was that I actually like believe uh, what what people would say about it. I, I I prefer to experience things for myself. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's why I was asking if like you've heard things of other places that you were going to go and people mm-hmm. heard, like you know again they're they're speaking off opinions that they had heard from other people i got that about turkey like why would you go there same thing about colombia and even a few of my friends went there and it's like oh people they're like chopping people's heads off you're gonna kidnap by the mafia and it's like that's the total opposite of what's going on oh you know okay okay colombia that's the perfect example (laughs) i definitely i definitely heard a lot about that for colombia (laughs) people were like what would you why would, you, why would you go to Colombia? It's crazy dangerous. I'm like, uh, I'm from Haiti, dude. <laughs> like, I actually, I actually even had my mom say that about Colombia. She's like, "What do you mean? What do you mean, Colombia? You know, I, I hear it's very dangerous there and things like that. Anywhere in the world is dangerous. Yeah, any place. Depending, de- depending on where you go in yeah. that city or in that country, Agreed. there are always going to be some bad spots." You know, some places just have more than others. <laughs> With being from Haiti, now that you bring that up again, do you have a USA passport since you've been there since 14? Um, I'm actually, I'm actually technically American yeah. because I was born in Miami, yeah. but it was one of those situations where 
you know, my, my, my mom would have rather given birth in the States to us than, than in Haiti. Yeah. And that's what happened. So it's like, I have an, I have American citizenship and oh, an American okay. passport, Yeah, that's good. but I'm, I don't, I'm, I consider myself Haitian. Haitian. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the reason I ask that is getting to this part where I, I really like to understand about people going to countries where they need visas because it can be very difficult in some places to get visas. Now being American, a lot of benefits, you know, we don't have it very hard as, as, as some places, you know, have you ever had any issues with getting a visa to another country? Oh, uh, no, never. I think, I think, I think that's the best. That's the best uh, thing about being an American. Yeah. Pretty spoiled. You know, it's true. It's, it's like, it's like you, you, it's like I, I never have to, plan ahead of time like significantly ahead of time before i'm going somewhere to get because i don't want i don't have to get a visa to go in that place most places will allow you allow us to get a visa on arrival so i, I feel super blessed to have an american passport and american citizenship because of that yeah it is a very nice very nice feature you know when i lived in the philippines so many people would always be like you are so lucky to have that passport because they want to travel and then they, they, so many places they just get turned down all the time you know so I, that's one that's why i asked that question is to understand if you've had any hardships before and uh with getting into places now with that carrying that one step further now going into other countries still you still have to face immigration doesn't matter what passport you're from have you ever had any troubles with immigration have you ever had any run-ins you know people sometimes it can be a bit nerve-wracking facing immigration do you have any tips and tricks when it comes to facing immigration i think i think the only the only place where i've been nervous about immigration is the u.s coming back into yeah the US. me too <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's the only place i've been afraid of like immigration because imagine imagine you're somebody, you're an American, but you're constantly, you have an American passport, but you're constantly going back and forth between Haiti and you're constantly <laughs> going back and forth between Colombia and, and Miami. Yeah. <laughs> you know oh, what I no, mean? I faced it, I came it, back too after being gone two and a half years. I was like, I was put in a side room for like 20 minutes. Like, I was, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, they're always, they, they, they ask you a lot of questions like, why, yes. why are you in Colombia? Yeah. So, why are you there for so long? Why why did you stay there? Why didn't you come back? Who were you staying with? Where were you at? What was your purpose? Oh man, they they get in there. Yeah. What what I make sure to do though, what I make sure to do when I'm coming back from Colombia is I rave I, I I talk about like the country itself and like I just go off on tangents. Like, <laughs> man, I love I love Colombia. And oh, have you seen like the women there? My God. <laughs> like and it's so cheap and blah 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 blah. And by that time, they know that you're there because you kind of, you love it rather than if you're kind of showing up at immigration, kind of stone cold face and they're asking you questions about yeah. it. It's, 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 it's a bit of a different environment than <laughs> if you're talking about how much you love it and going through immigration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you're going to new places and you're looking to like book places to stay, like I know you stayed in a hostel, so I know you like, you're not afraid of, you know, that simple life. Do you have any type of checklist or rundown of how you're going to pick where you're going to, where you'll stay? How do you decide? Well, hold on. First, first thing I'm going to say is, you know me and I'm not, I, I, I don't want to keep like a certain experience, a, appearance, whatever it may be. I do have, 
I, I'll stay somewhere with a hostel, but it has to be a room by myself. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't for me, for me, well, I can't stay in a room with other people, but it's like, I choose to stay at least in a room where I'm by myself. So it was like, I was staying at, so I was staying at Salino, but it was, you saw the size of the room. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a nice so it's like, huge room. So, yeah. So I'm not going to pretend and be like, yeah, I go to hostel like everywhere. I'm not going to keep appearances or like anything <laughs> like that. It's like, I need to at least have, you know, a, a room to myself. And besides that, it's like I look for a place with a lot of places to eat nearby and where a lot of things are walking, walking distance, you know, as much as possible. Yeah. And that's one thing I've been sharing with people, too, is, you know, everyone thinks hostels. Oh, God, I would never stay in a room with 20 people. Well, with hostels, you can choose from as many as you like for as cheap as you want as you could take for all the way Mm -hmm. up to you can stay at the hostel and get a room by yourself like Rob does. And you get all the amenities of the hostel. And that's the, the whole experience of being there. The Selena brand hostels, they're so amazing because they have co-work spaces as well. And people that are always on the go working, like especially with someone like Rob, they have this huge workspace, which is beautiful. Computers, internet, everything yeah. you could use to possibly get your jobs done while you're on the go. So it's really, really, really great. In all the different places, and I've, I've stayed in a lot, of, a lot of different places like around the world, in all the different places in the world that I've stayed, Selena has to be like one of my favorites. Oh man, it's these hostels are epic. Cause it's like they they had not only did they have like that co-working space there, but they had like kind of like a a bar. Was it a bar? Yeah, it's like yeah. a bar downstairs. Yeah. That's kind of like open or whatever it may be. And they had like different types of events like every night. Yeah, DJs and have dance nights. Yeah, they had DJs, they had yeah, different. Fun. Super fun. That, that's definitely one of my favorite places to have stayed. Now, I, I you- stayed in one, I stayed in one though in Mexico. And I, I was like, I, I think that experience spoiled me because I stayed in that Selena and I was like, oh man, every Selena must be amazing. I stayed in the one, <laughs> I stayed in the one in Mexico City and I was like, I can't stay here. Any longer, <laughs> I, had, I had a friend. I had a friend pick me up, and I stayed at his place instead. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that was another place I actually considered living. Mexico City. Mexico. Yeah, I've had a few people say Mexico City is amazing. Yeah, it's it really is an amazing place. Yeah, I haven't been there yet. Definitely on the list. My ever-growing, never-ending list. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have any personal, for you, personal, what I like to ask, travel hacks like that are unique to how you, you know, embark on your journeys? Mm, travel hacks. Like I would say for you, one is your, your cool, your workout gear. That's a cool habit. Yeah. Hack. I hear that little yeah, workout deal. Yeah, that, work, that workout gear is definitely a travel hack. <laughs> it allows me to like travel and like stay anywhere and still stay in shape and things like that. Now that I have to say, I guess I already mentioned it before too, the, the Google Translate downloading the language, the language for that specific area. And the third one is downloading the map of Google Maps for wherever area I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anytime I need to search for a business or something that I'm looking for, or I need to translate something, I never need to have internet access. So that's yeah. my, those are my, my hacks. Those are really good being able to download that stuff. 
because they're there for your use at all times. And then what I, what I like to share, what I, I started using this in Columbia, and it's the first time I've ever done it, is once you download the maps, like when you're in your hostel or your hotel before you go out, you look up a bunch of the stuff that you want to go to, and then you can star like favorite places and you can flag places and you can mark them and you can plan them out on your trip to go get all those things done. So everything you have is offline and you go get all that done without needing internet, which is great. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely something that's necessary because you never know. Um, you know, some people can have like those international plans. I think that T-Mobile offers unlimited international, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I had, I, before when I was traveling, I always had AT&T and AT&T is like ridiculously <laughs> expensive when you travel, even, even if you buy like, you know, their international stuff. I've never bought the plans. And I think one hack for a lot of people that are from the States is understanding you don't need to have an international plan. You don't. Yeah. Most every country except for America allows you to get a temporary SIM card when you get to the country. Yes. You really need the internet. You really need the data. When you get to the country, most of it's all in the airport. You can get it done. Yeah. You, exactly. And it's usually less than $15 and paying, you know, the next additional 20 to 30 bucks for your, for your internet plan. And, and it's, yeah. and it's usually way less than $15. But yeah. It's, it's stuff. Yeah. Rival. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's usually like 10 bucks and like, usually like 10 bucks and like the speed is like super super fast like you'd be surprised how fast what i loved when i was in bali and you probably remember this and your sisters had it is we would pay you pay for what you use you don't have to pay for a full month you pay for what you use and then they give you an international calling code that i could have called the state i could call anywhere in the world for free like it was just part of my data it was part of my random stuff we can't do that here in the states that is not part of your plan it's true. It's it's so crazy out in the States. You can't, like, you don't have the ability to buy, like, a SIM card easily when you get to the airport. Like, every other country I've been to is, like, they sell SIM cards, like, right there at the airport. Yeah. Like, and it's easy, easily accessible. The States, nope. <laughs> have you made any big mistakes when it comes to transport? Like, any just, like, complete blunders? Like, missing a flight, mm. buying a flight the wrong way, missing a bus? Hmm. Big mistakes. <laughs> Sounds like a big no. Well, oh, oh, I've I made I made a big mistake. <laughs> um, when I was when I was uh, booking an Airbnb for Colombia, um, this was when I was with my ex girlfriend. When I was booking an Airbnb for Colombia. You know, we're we're spoiled as you know, being Americans and even even being from Haiti. You know, we use air conditioning a lot, and and usually if you're in a high rise or whatever, maybe in Colombia, you don't even really need AC because it's like it's so it's so cool at night that it's fine. Right. But when I was booking an Airbnb, the place looked nice, and they had in the, in the pictures they showed air conditioning. So I didn't even think to look at the listing <laughs> to make sure <laughs> to make sure there was air conditioning. And sure enough, we show up to the place and none of the ACs were working. They were just there. <laughs> oh my gosh. And this was a really, really nice place. So you know, you don't really second guess. You're not like, oh, you, you don't really you wouldn't think, okay, those ACs are there for a show. It was a nice place. So I was like, oh, okay, they have AC. We get there and we find out that there's no AC in this place. And there's no wind flow in this place at all. (laughs) 
like like there's no no wind flow so it was like sleeping there at night was like oh my god man it was it was super sauna. hot so that's all yeah it was like a sauna so that was the only time i've made that mistake again now <laughs> whenever i'm looking at an airbnb i always make sure to read the listing thoroughly to make sure they have the things that i need there you go there's a travel hack right there when you book airbnb or when you book a hostel Look through the amenities to make sure they have all the things that you want to fit your own comfort level. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> do you, when you fly or when you travel, bus, bike, whatever, van, do you have any phobias when it comes to travel? You know, some people really don't like flying, whether that be they can't sleep on planes, they don't like the turbulence, maybe they can't use plane restrooms, they don't like plane food. Do you have anything that is kind of something that, you know, maybe gives you a little little hiccup when you're traveling wait oh i actually i'm gonna go back to the last question really quick before okay. I, answer it. I, have, I have another travel hack when you're traveling to where wherever you're going when you're traveling you want to as soon as you're on the plane set your time your time i don't know your time reference time mm -hmm. clock i don't know how to describe it like to the country to the country that you're going to. For example, let's say I'm traveling to Bali, right? And my flight is at 2 p.m., but it's 2 a.m. over there. One thing that I'll do is to it's make sure that, wait, if it's 2 a.m. in the States, Eastern time, it's gonna be 5, 5 p.m. No, it's gonna be 2. If it's 2 a.m. in Miami, I mean, at 2 p.m. in Miami, it's gonna be 2 a.m. in Bali. It's, oh, it's Miami time, yeah. Yeah, Miami time. So what I do is I want to make sure once I get on that plane, I'm sleeping at the time that I would usually be sleeping over there. So, for example, if I know I'm leaving at 2 p.m., the flight's leaving at 2 p.m. and I'm going to Bali, what I'll do is the night, the night before, I'll stay, up, I'll stay up and barely sleep so that when I get on that plane, I'm sleeping Bali time. And then I'll wake up. And I'll wake up at the time that they'll usually wake up over there. Even though most people on the plane are going to be sleeping or whatever, I make sure to set my time to there. So instead of being jet lagged, like <laughs> seven, 10 days, like most people are, I'm usually jet lagged, maybe like a day or two. And that's it. Right. I, I sound like a pompous ass when I say this sometimes, but I, I try and talk myself into believing it that I say, oh, uh, jet lag is, is made up. <laughs> it's kind of a, it's kind of a, jerk thing to say but i just again like you said it's it's setting your shifting your life around to where you're going to be it's planning ahead it's preparing your life around where you want to enjoy your time and, and where you're going to be it's just preparing yeah definitely yeah i'm glad you brought that up now when you um when you're in any of these places that you've been and you've said you mostly always get a nice room to yourself have you slept in any place really crazy for me i've woken mm. up on a park bench and it wasn't my finest moment but in in Thailand, in in Thailand, I slept, I slept kind of like in in like pretty pretty much open open shack in the forest. <laughs> yeah, that was that was probably that was probably the the craziest. But usually, usually that's that's a place in my life where I'm where I'm a little bougie. That you could say where I, where I at least need to have like <laughs> a room a room to myself in like a, a decent place. You know what I mean? That's that's the only place in my life where I'm bougie because I'm like, I don't know. That's just <laughs> that's just how I am. But 
in Thailand or anyone else, have you have you eaten anything crazy? And I've always I like to ask if people eat anything. Yeah, crazy. I've I've eaten I've eaten crickets. I've eaten um, there's another animal. It's not maggots. No, it's not maggots. It's like another. It's like another bigger bug. It's not crickets. I I've eaten crickets, but I've, I ate something else too. I can't remember what it's called. I've had ants and crickets. Yeah, I've had crickets and something else. All it's right. like kind of round. It's like a kind of round bug. <laughs> no idea. There's a bazillion bugs. Yeah, but yeah, I've I've, <laughs> I've, I've eaten that. They're not really as bad as you start to think. It's like a mind over matter thing. Yeah, but I, I, I would like I would eat it if like you know circumstances call for it. But I wouldn't go to a restaurant and say, "Hey, can I get a bowl? sir? Can I get some crickets, please?" <laughs> it's your croutons for your salad. Yeah, yeah. Spread a little 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 crickets around that salad. <laughs> but you know they are they are saying that we're gonna get to a time where. There's, there won't be enough meat to supply, you know, the growing population of the world. And we're, we're going to have to eat crickets and bugs and things like For that. protein. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a new normal. Shifting the perspective. Yep. Again, it's a delicacy in some places, just not for others and others. And others. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, as we're asking all these really random and totally off-the-wall questions, I have this little section that I want to call the fishbowl of randomness, where I'm just going to ask you five questions. I'm going to pull a question out of a bowl. It's just going to be a simple question. All it needs is a simple answer. No need for an explanation. Are you in for the fishbowl of randomness? Yes, I'm in. Count me in, sir. All right. Question number one. If you could move to any city in the world right now, where would it be? Well, it's like you've already moved there. But- Medellin. <laughs> Damn it. How does that question come up? All right. Perfect. That's a question number one. Check mark. All right. Question number two. What was your childhood dream job? Ooh. Oh, computer, a computer scientist. Computer scientist. Okay. Number three. So nerdy. <laughs> Everybody's like, I want to be a firefighter. Oh, I, would have never, I would have never expected that. Scientist. <laughs> Where is a city you would take a girl on a date tonight if you could? Venice, baby. Venice. Have you been? Yeah, I've been. <laughs> yeah, very cool city. All right, number four. What? Oh, this should be great for you. What is your favorite food? Seeing that you've been so many places, hopefully not it's crickets. Favorite food. Man. And this, this food is like so simple. My favorite food is pizza. <laughs> pizza. Dude, you can never go wrong with pizza. All right. Yeah, like for me, that's like I can't like for me, that's that's like a staple. A staple food. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every every three days I need to have pizza. That's funny. One, if 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 when you get to Vietnam again, try Vietnamese pizza. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Cooked right, it right on the street. It's pretty cool. All right, number five. If you have one, what is what do you hate about flying? What is one thing you wish you could change? Like, is it the service? Is it the squished people? Is it turbulence? Is it the, what is the it? airport dealing dealing with the airports and like the 
the the loading and like all that stuff onto like the plane. Oh, like getting all checked in and loading in and yeah, checked like, in and feeling and, like cattle. You right? You feel like yeah, like like going through going through security at the airport, and then you know having and then sitting there, you know, waiting for the flight, and then and then also like uh, boarding and all that stuff to yeah. try to to fu- to make sure you find space. You know, if if you're bringing a carry on on and stuff like that. For me, that's always the biggest. That's that that stress of like, damn, I need to make sure I get uh if if it wasn't for having to find space for my carry on, so I make sure like it's close to me when I'm traveling like mm-hmm. somewhere far. It's like I would just sit there and never never ever like I would wait till everyone boards before I board. But because of the whole carry on thing, exactly I gotta I gotta get in line and like do all that stuff and and I think that's <laughs> The part that I dislike the most. <laughs> I had this um, I, I had this funny story when it comes to that, you know, and I know what you're talking about because I'm the same. Like, I could care less if I'm first or last. It doesn't matter to me. It really And I was boarding a plane going from Singapore to Bali and I was in the line. And of course you have, you have your designated call group and I'm in line and this girl's behind me. And I think the person in front of me had stepped up like four steps and I didn't move yet. And she starts like looking around me, like on my left side and on my right side, like basically, are you going to move? And the line still hadn't moved. There was like 20 persons in, in front of this other person. So I hadn't stepped up yet. And then I was like, I looked back at her and then she's like, are you going to go? And I was like, well, I mean, it's only right there. I, I don't know. It was such a big deal. And so she kind of like gave me this dirty look and this attitude. And then she did it again. And I was like, we're going to the same place. We're both going to get there. It's going to be fine. And sure enough, she's sitting right next to me on the flight. (laughs) What are the odds of this happening? And I was like, well, fancy I found you here. I said to her, she gave me a dirty look. (laughs) That's funny, man. Yeah, that's, that's literally the only reason why. Like I rushed to get on the plane to just to put a carry on stuff. But if I'm not with a carry on, I'm just like, ah, yeah, let people go on the plane. I'll be walking around the airport. <laughs> Hear your name called. Yeah. Run over there. Now, when you, so I, I want to ask this about Thailand because I, I'm sure you could do it for so many different places. But since you had like picked up your life and moved to live in Thailand for a while, and I guess you could probably do it for Columbia, but I want to know like, what are, for other people, what are top three things that people should bring? let's just say to Thailand to make sure that they're getting the best of their trip. Make sure that they're getting the best of their trip. Yeah. Is it a camera? Is it, you know, should they bring a jacket? Cause it'll be cold an umbrella. Cause it rains a lot. <clears throat> what are some of the, you know, top three things that people can get the best out of traveling to Thailand with? Mm-hmm. I guess just a, a camera, a camera. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, I don't think you really need that much that much else for thailand because thailand is pretty pretty warm pretty yeah. warm place very hot most area. of the time yeah um yeah uh, but if for colombia i have more if you're traveling yeah, if you're traveling to medellin me, yeah give me some for Columbia. definitely a rain definitely a raincoat a raincoat an umbrella you know your phone of course for a picture or you know a camera if you if you want to have a camera um 
Yeah, and that's it. For me, for me, the city's huge and there's so much amazing things to see. And for me, it was like, I'm so glad I had nice, like comfortable sneakers because there's so much walking to do in so many parks and everything like and i actually i brought a book to go read and like when i was at the park so yes I, those for sure the raincoat the umbrella because you never know when it's going to rain and then I, I would say if i could add one more to his is to rob's is, is a nice pair of sneakers because the city is really big and you could be out all day long trudging around and finding new places to see god man i miss walking around the city <laughs> yeah i'm sure you do <laughs> now when you're preparing when you're preparing your life around traveling and in this desire that you have to to travel so much how do you i know you have your own business but still whether it's the person that doesn't own their own business and the person that does how do you plan your life when it comes to saving money to ensure that you're traveling the way you want to be do you have any like tips or tricks to how you get your finances wrapped around that any like you have a special savings jar you know how can people get prepared to travel more often mm. man I, i'm probably not the best person <laughs> to, 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 to ask about this because i just whatever whatever my you know i'm taking out of my business or whatever salary i'm taking out of my business for like that month i just use it all on traveling <laughs> so, so, so i so I never, I've never really like had to save to, to travel. I just use whatever, whatever profits I would pay myself from the business. And I use right. that to, to kind of travel because I, I never really, I never really travel um, where it's like, where I'm not working. Cause remember I told you, it's like, I always travel to places as if I'm, as if I would live there. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm still working when I travel to places. It's just, some days I take off or whatever it may be and I go do different things. So it allows me to travel in a way where it's like, I, I don't have to like save up for the trip. Yeah. Which because is very nice. like I'm still, I'm still working. Yeah. I had, uh, so, I had one, I had one of the guests on, on the podcast that tell me, he's like, I, I don't, I just, I just go. And I, I just use the money that I have to go. And whether that's a big trip or a small trip, like I can make something out of anything. And to me, he's like, you know, traveling is going to grow me either way, whether I have a lot or I have a little. And, you know, it, it's not totally relatable to how you go, but you're like, you know what, I just, I just do it. And I just make it work. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, I just make it work. Cause I, you know what, it's, I'm still working. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, kinda, it's kind of like regular life. Cause it's like, okay, I'm, I'm growing, but I'm working. Right. If I would say moving forward with this new environment, the way the world is living right now with with like this whole thing like if, if you're looking to travel like extended periods of time you know consider consider outlining to like if you work for somebody else consider outlining uh you know the different ways uh with your boss or whoever else that you work for that you can work from a distance like if you can you know what i mean so that you you're not taking away anything from like the business or whatever it may be and you outline how it'll be the very same thing, you know, going into office versus um, you being able to travel while being able to work remotely and all that stuff. So uh, that's, a, that's another creative way to go about it. If you work for somebody else and that job is the type of job that you can kind of do anywhere. You know, I like that. It's the first, you're the first person that said that actually. And I, I didn't even think about that. It's a great idea with all of this that's going on and so many businesses are seeing a new perspective of how they can make their business viable, um, profitable and progressive 
even when people aren't in an actual office, just ask. You never know what your boss might say. Like, hey, you know, I really want to get away. I'm really getting stressed out. Could I be working for the next 10 days when I leave to go on a trip? I still want to put in my hours, but I want to be somewhere else. Is that possible? That is such a great perspective on what to do. Because again, you don't know if you don't ask. Yeah, and 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 what I what I would say, like when you're bringing that to your boss, is don't don't even do it from the perspective where it's like, can I do it from right. this distance? You want to be more solution oriented, where you're bringing yeah. all the ways, all the ways that is going to benefit both you and him. Yes, where it's like you can still do everything that you need to do and demonstrate that in a way as much as possible to be able because that's how you. you the best way to sell is through demonstration. And what you're trying to do is sell an idea, sell yeah, the idea. Of solution. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's a great way to go about it. Yeah, that is a great way. I'm so glad you said that. I haven't, it's the first time someone said that. I like it. So good. Now with all this, with all this growth that you've had, and I know you said at the very beginning has been, you've been going through a lot of changes with yourself and I'm sure a lot of travel has helped with that. But what have you noticed has been a huge difference from who, who you first were when you first did your first big travel experience to possibly who you are even to now? Mm. Man, <laughs> so many changes I can. <laughs> it's like one, one is a sense of openness. I used to be, I used to be very uh, introverted mm-hmm. in a sense where if I was in a group of people and I was meeting like new people in that group, I wouldn't talk until about like 45 minutes in. Wow. Or it's, uh, <laughs> because it's like, I, I'm just not used to, I just, I just wasn't used to like being around like new groups of people and things like that. Um, but even like living in Miami, I was still like I'm very, very close and very shy and things like that. But yeah. from starting to travel, it's like, it doesn't really matter, you know, who I'm around. Like as long as I can communicate with the person, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, have a conversation with that person. Yeah. Um, My dad's always told me that, you know, everyone's a stranger until you first say hello and they're no longer a stranger. Yeah. And I would say it's been very calming for me um, because, you know, the widening of the perspective, um, usually anxiety, stress, all these different things is, is usually a problem of uh, a lack of an open perspective, meaning you're choosing to see things um, one way. So it results in the emotional response that you have to that experience. Right. But when you're, when you've traveled, you know, different places that helps kind of open, open your mind a bit. And with that opening of the mind comes that sense of ease and, and peace and different things like that. It doesn't mean it, it, it'll happen, you know, by itself with that, but you know, I've been, you know, an avid meditator for a while and different things like that. So, you know, the combination of those different things kind of resulted uh, in that for me. Um, and I would say much happier person too, because being able to travel uh, allowed me to see um, that people can live a lot simpler in different places. And with that simplicity, you know, I've been experienced, I've experienced more happiness and joy and, and things like that. And it's led to you know, me not being as influenced by, you know, the keeping up with the Jonas's and, and, and all that. So I, yeah. I would say those are the major changes for me. That's amazing. And I think what you kind of said was going to fit into my next question, which was, you know, what would you say is the greatest gift people receive for themselves through, the, through traveling abroad out of their own country? And then, I mean, I think you hit a bunch of the nails on the head with those. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I think that that yeah. responds. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much hit those. But then let me ask you this: if if and this is my my little favorite question for the show is if right now you were to see yourself, little Rob, on on the street passing by you, and you had your little backpack on and your little kid self, and your your backpack was kind of overflowing with school books and supplies. You know, what solid piece of advice would the Rob you now give to Rob, little Rob you? Mm, I don't know. That's a that's a tough question for me to ask because I, I I have two two varying different I have two very different perspectives about it. I th- I think that's a problem with being very open. I have the one perspective where I would say, you know, be open to to kind of traveling, meeting new people, and meditating, mm-hmm. right? But the other side of me is like I wouldn't change a single thing about my life. Like I wouldn't go back and try to change anything. Because then I wouldn't have learned and had the experiences that I had to be as happy and as at peace as I am today. It could have taken me on a completely different trajectory. Whereas not seeing the type of struggle that I saw to experience the kind of peace and joy that I'm experiencing now. So it's so I've, I have two different perspectives on yeah. that question. <laughs> I totally get it. Yeah, because one little instance could have affected your entire life. Up to yeah, it's like, it's like, just just the little instance of had had my father met my mom, you know, <laughs> yeah, a day earlier or a day later, and I wouldn't have been born. Exactly, you know all I mean? the forces of the universe came together perfectly to bring us to to be. That's one thing I always try and put into perspective for people. It's like, and I I always say this like you are the product of a one in 400 quadrillion chance of even being alive. Like do you, that's basically 0%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're here. So pretty much. That is <laughs> pretty much. the odds of that is astronomical. And so like we have a special place to be here and to make that worthwhile while we're here. So I love that. Uh, any last piece of advice for anyone listening when it comes to life traveling, maybe any quotes that you live by that you can share before we jump out of here. Oof. Mm-hmm. Single, a single piece of advice. <laughs> whatever experience, whatever struggle, whatever problem you're dealing with right now, that's causing emotional turmoil in you is not the truth. Mm. It's simply something that you chose to believe, whether consciously or unconsciously, that leads to that emotional turmoil. It's not reality because in order for anything to make you feel a certain way, you develop some sort of opinion about it, whether you say it's good or bad or right or wrong or whatever it may be, but whatever is just is. And when you realize that that's when you're going to find real peace, real joy, all those different things, because until then you're going to be at the whims of whatever arbitrary opinion you decided to have about life. Oh man, getting deep in there, man. I love it. <laughs> you know, I, I like to share as, you know, up to, you know, up to this point, it's, it's almost entirely in line with what you're saying. I, mean, I think you went like 15 layers deeper than this, but <laughs> it's like our, our life's tale, our life's journey, this, this thing that we're living called life, this, this book that we're writing is, is, you know, everything that the tale is to be told after, after we die is, it's a culmination of our thoughts, our act, our words and our actions. Like that is, you know, all those things lead up to who we are. And, and it's like just what you just said, you know, that is the things that we think, the place that we put ourselves in is, 
it, it doesn't have to be real, whatever we're in right now. It doesn't have to be real if we choose to change those, those stories and those places we're in. So then put it on another level in there. I like that. Yeah, because it's like, it's like when, you, when you think about it, like everything that happens in the world, it, it just happens, right? right. My, let's, let's, let's say, let's, let's use a very deep example. For example, my father, my father passed, died, right? Let's use a very deep example like that. I could come up with all sorts of different opinions and subjectivities about that and say, oh, my, my father should have died. My father should have died the way he died. My, my father did so much for the country. Uh, how could, you know, the country betray him? Like, I, I, could, I could come up with all sorts of different stories about what happened. But what happened is what happened, period. My father died. But what I choose to make of that experience is what defines my emotional response to that experience. And sometimes it's, a, it's at, at a very, 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 very deep level that's, that's unconscious. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean that it's always something like right at the top of your mind, but nonetheless, it's still that. It's still what I choose to make of that experience that then determines how I feel about it. Always. Absolutely. Love that perspective. And, Thank you for sharing that like analogy with your father. Yeah, and, and you have the ability to to change that and deal with that, mm. right? Whether you choose to be, get comfortable with the emotional responses that come up from that or you choose to tell yourself a different story about what happened. Because no matter what, no matter what, anything that makes you feel a certain way, there's always the other side to that story that can make you feel differently. Man, you started off the podcast with some deep insights and you're ending it with some even deeper ones. I freaking love it so much, man. That is some awesome insight. And I love, that is one reason I really want to have you on the shows because even me seeing you seven years after I first met you, uh, really getting to know you, you really impacted my perspective on the things that I was choosing to do. And me get, us getting to share was, was really, really an awesome experience for me. And I'm so grateful that you uh, took the time to, to make this happen. Now, Rob, do you have any of your social media details or anything that like people can like watch your travel journey or anywhere that you share your, your, your travels? Uh, to be, to be honest, I, I haven't really, I haven't really like kept up with, with the whole uh, posting about my travels thing, but you know, in the near future, you know, probably when the lockdown ends, uh, I think a great place, you know, to, to kind of uh, see that is uh, Rob Rowe, R-H-A-U. Uh, Instagram uh, handle. I also have, you know, Mr. Mindful Coaching where I, where I share, you know, varying degrees of perspectives and things like that about life, about challenges, about struggle as well. So those are kind of the two, two sources that people can follow. And you said that was Mr. Mindful Coaching? Yeah, Mr. Mindful Coaching. Awesome. That, that's, gonna... the, that's the Instagram handle. Oh, I didn't even know you had that. Not sharing me all yeah. these details. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I've, I haven't posted, I haven't posted in a while, but it's if if there's a place where I'm going to share kind of the most impactful insights and things, uh, it's going to be there. Oh, I'll get over there and follow you, and I'm going to share that on the Facebook post and also on any of the social media posts with this, man. Thank you for sharing that. And Rob, as we hit the end of this show, I just want to say huge, huge thank you for joining me and sharing your stories and details to inspire other people to travel. Thank you for being part of my journey here with this podcast. Man, let's plan on running into each other in another random hostel in another random city sometime in the near future. <laughs> Sounds good, brother. And I appreciate you having uh, me on the podcast and being able to share and chat with everybody. It was, 
it was really, really, really fun for me. You know, and, and I, I, I think, I think it was, you always get exactly what you need at the right time. And I think this was something uh, that I needed right now to kind of, you know, talk about these different topics and, and things uh, right now. Man, thank you for letting me be part of that and vice versa. And keep living that dream, brother. Your story is super, super awesome. And I love how you can just pick up and relocate at any new place that makes you feel at home. And Rob, welcome to the family and the tribe of Inspire the Collective. Stay safe out there. Keep that bag strapped and laced. And the pro traveler mindset tip for the week is a great traveler has no fixed plans and also has no intent on arriving. And that will wrap up another episode of What's in Your Backpack. Thank you for joining Rob and I for this travel journey. But for next week's episode, the island-hopping beauty, Ms. Zoe Pallier, a young woman born between the gorgeous islands of the Philippines and being raised in the normality of Australia's lifestyle, she gave way to fitting in and is now living a life on the go, living out of a backpack, moving island to island, sharing her journey and story through her YouTube and Instagram channels, as well as building an amazing blog space online but she will be joining the family of Inspire the Collective and sharing how she gave up everything to live a life of a wanderlust, to chase her dreams of freedom and exploration. If any of the listeners have questions, topics, or agendas we can discuss with upcoming guests, please comment, message, and share whatever is on your mind so we can gain insights from our show's guests for your benefits. Until next week's episode, stay safe out there, stay humble, and stay tuned for another episode of What's in Your Backpack. To stay current with the inspiring and fun stories from the podcast, plus a collection of motivational content, please subscribe, join, and like our pages on YouTube and Facebook by searching Inspire the Collective. There will be plenty of updated photos of the travel journey, tips, and tricks that we discussed in this episode, plus much more can be found on our social channels. To get further involved and join our web-based community, head over to www.inspirethecollective.com. And don't forget to follow my Instagram, at Michael underscore underscore O'Shea to get your fill of inspirational content, podcast updates, and travel fun. And try to remember that you can't buy happiness, but you can buy a plane ticket. And that's sort of the same thing.